Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. I'm your host, Evan Goldstein. With me as always is the wonderful Karen Randazzo. Lee, why do I want to go down there so badly? And the wonderful Chris Randazzo. Go look in the burning death hole. We here on this week's episode talk television. This is episode 126 for the week of May 24th, 2018. This week, Chris got to pick. He chose Lost, season two, episode one, Man of Science, Man of Faith. But before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. What shows should we watch? What shows should we avoid? Just let us know you're out there. So, Chris, you were you were neck deep in a, in a rewatch, and you felt it necessary to remind Drag us. us in here with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an episode I've been wanting to bring to the show for quite a while because uh, it's one of my favorite episodes of TV ever. Right, and this is one. This is a good enough episode to make you forget how it ends. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, if you're looking at this, it's like. You just kind of forget, like, all right, I'm still in season two of Lost in my rewatch. And just kind of forgetting where it all goes. Um, <laughs> horribly, it, horribly wrong. I'm I'm having a really good time with it. <laughs> this episode, like, okay, so I only, I watched Lost however long ago. God, it feels like forever. But you, you picked a, you know, a season two episode. I'm like, am I going to, am I going to have to rewatch like the, at least the maybe the previous couple of episodes or nope nope not at all as soon as it said previously on lost it refreshed me enough to enjoy this episode <laughs> i remembered that the doctor dude got blown up i remember that the, the, uh, hurley has yet to lose a pound like i remembered all of that shit it came flooding all back that's what's i mean it, it's funny that you mentioned that because another uh, part of what makes this episode, I think, so good is how unsettling some of the imagery was coming off of. I mean, all right. So season one has basically no technology in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's they're on the island and they're just trying to find stuff and right. and and survive. And then, you know, the the this... they do have a radio, right? Because that's how they found the French woman. <laughs> yes, yes, there was two a, coconuts they... and a, and a bicycle, <laughs> bicycle, right? Oh my that was, the professor rigged it up. Oh, that was another one of my favorite moments. That was um, it was uh, uh Saeed was uh, the one who put it together, okay. and um, they went out and uh, they um, they, they were trying to get to a higher uh, altitude to use the radio, and that's when they heard the French woman's transmission, and they did the math uh, on the numbers that were uh, saying. That, that kept showing up in the middle of a, the transmission and it had been playing on a loop for 16 years and there was just something really unsettling about it. And uh, it, it just, season one just really made me remember why I enjoyed this show as much as I did and why I stuck with it till the end, even though it did not. 
at a certain point it does not go too well and i'm looking forward to i'm already seeing like hints of it in season two um where just certain things just start characters are acting like not very well written which was uh, not the case in season one just like making these very dramatic decisions to do very dramatic things for the case of drama but then like <laughs> right where i am now um what's his name uh, michael emerson just showed up as henry gale in the balloon and they were interrogating him and whatnot and they just found out that he was lying <laughs> uh so that part's like, super interesting again um in this in but this episode in in particular, there are like you said, there's there's some there's imagery that sticks with you, and not only in like the flashback stuff, from what I recall, always leads into the to the story arc. And once you start watching the show and you get back into it, you you like you can read it. Like when I saw him doing that running thing, and I hadn't seen this in a long time, and he met that guy, I'm like, that guy's gonna come back. Not a, uh, not 100% sure how or why, but I know that that dude's going to show up again in some way, shape, or form. See, I remembered him when he ran into the, um, when he, when he ran into him in the stadium, but I was like, I didn't remember that Jack had met Desmond prior to the island. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? And how interesting is that, right? Like, there's something really, really interesting about the way that's put together, and it sucks that there was there was never really a good payoff for that either. Like, but I'm forgetting, for, forgetting all that, forgetting all the payoff, like thinking back to season one and the way that season one ended with just the mystery of this hatch and mm-hmm. like, you know, they had found it and Boone died. Like when they were trying to like uh, find this, this, this airplane or whatever and lockout really pissed off at the hatch and he was yelling at it and then a light turned on and like just the, it was such a mystery. And then they, they blew it up and that was the last shot of the first season. Nick, here we are. We haven't had barely any experience with technology on this island, and we just blew open this hatch, and they look down, and that's the end of the season. And then to have season two start up with shot after shot of this weird room, mm-hmm. like, because I remember watching it, like, what the hell am I looking at here? What am I even, what is this? Because. You know, I guess retrospectively, it's obvious that that was what was down, you know, down in the bottom of the hatch. But we've watched Lost, and we know that Lost does all these flashbacks and stuff. So it was such a crazy misdirection because you're looking at technology that looks like it's from the 70s, mm-hmm. but then they pan over to the the washing machines, and they're like really modern. It is. It's funny that you you say that because yet again this afternoon I was I was over at my mom's house and i said you know i need to watch this episode so she's sitting there and she's and we started up and she's like well when when did this happen and i'm like oh, i don't know it, this has to be what 10 15 years old and she goes because that music is and, and then i thought to myself all right she's picked she picked up on that so maybe this is a flashback and i couldn't remember and it, <laughs> as i'm as that thought is running through my head he they show the washing machines and we both go nope it's those are way nice <laughs> those are nice washing machines so you're looking at the nice washing machines but you're also listening to mama cass that, make and your that own was vinyl. music on vinyl which i uh, got that song is so perfect for this because number one it's a great song i love that tune <laughs> but also in this context with like it playing on vinyl and then like he's 
putting a shot in his arm and he's using it's the first time you see the Dharma initiative logo and it's like there's just you, the whole sequence you're just like something is wrong like I don't know what this is but it's weirding me out mm-hmm. and um and then you, you hear the explosion and it pans up to basically the reverse of the last shot of season one and it's like holy crap that's amazing <laughs> And now you have all these new questions because there are already a ton of questions from season one and they just introduced a whole new slew of questions and it would have been really cool if there were really cool answers to them, but <laughs> nope. Nope. it was still really like that, that beeping, the beeping of the computer that they with had the, to press the, the button. With the angry face emoji. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh my kids, God. ask your parents what that was. <laughs> now, Chris, you're... you're it appears that you're like really enjoying your we your rewatch it knowing where it's going or knowing the outcome of the show specifically not necessarily the the decline just knowing how it ends isn't affecting your rewatch well i mean it is to an extent because you know i already know who's gonna die mm-hmm. but I remember very little about those later seasons. Um, I remember it so, at <laughs> Wipe some them from point. From your memory, have you? <laughs> well, that's that's the problem is that they weren't all that interesting or memorable. Like there are things about the show that I remember. Like when Ana Lucia showed back up, I was like, "Oh, Michelle Rodriguez, she's awful, <laughs> awful." <laughs> But Libby's not bad. Of course, then both those actresses got into like some sort of stupid car accident trouble or something like DUIs, and they were written off the show. Mm-hmm. So they were basically brought on for nothing. But uh, it, I, I, look, I don't. I remember that it's. I don't even remember what the ending meant. To be honest with you, I just remember it ended with, um, like, basically just the first shot of the show in reverse of Jack laying down in the woods, mm-hmm. and um, I remember that. Like, I stick up for this show a lot because I know that it didn't go the way that the the writers and the creators wanted it to. Because, uh, you know, they they had so much trouble. Like, first off, it was just this massive success. Yeah. And um, they had the writer's strike, so that was a big problem. And then they also had ABC that was like, no, this, this could go for, like... This could go for like six or seven seasons, and they were basically planning on, I think, four. Mm-hmm. It was either and, three um, or four. Yeah, like they were not planning short. on stretching this thing out. And then ABC was like, no, nah, this is shows a huge hit. Let's keep it going. And this is such a textbook definition of like we were just talking about um, a new story where we were. Uh, is that one of the stories we're going to be talking about later with the, the iZombie and uh, stuff coming to an end? No, no, that was last week. Okay, yeah. So, like, we were talking with a, a, a friend on Facebook about um, how they were upset that iZombie and Jane the Virgin are ending. And Karen and I are both, like, firmly like, no, no, this is a good thing. Let it let it end on its own terms. Let it tell its story and then quit while it's ahead. This is such a perfect example of something going so horribly wrong in the other direction. Absolutely. Because I don't even know if they... I don't even know if they would have tried to answer all the questions in the show. And I think that if they hadn't had that much time, and I think that actually would have been better. Like, I remember what the smoke monster is. I remember that whole sack of bullshit. That was dumb. Like, the smoke monster is like a dude or something like that, which is... (laughs) That was just so stupid. That whole thing was so dumb. The smoke monster was such a cool mystery. 
And I would have been fine if they never explained it because I think that would have just added to the mystique. Like you, you didn't need to answer every single question as long as you told a cool, told a cool story. What this show always was trying to do was answer questions by adding more. And when that happens, it gets so convoluted and so muddy as to what good storytelling is like to answer what the smoke monster is. We got a whole new set of, I don't want to call them super powered beings, but like, yeah, beings. And that it didn't fit the, the, the storytelling so far. Oh yeah, that's right. It was like, it was Jacob's brother or something. Remember Jacob? Yeah. Like that was the whole thing. And then Lost Locke was dead, but he was they resurrected him with someone's spirit. Was it the smoke monster spirit? I, I don't know. It, it got so ridiculous. Saeed was in an, an, uh, a pyramid at some point, and I don't know, man. Things just got weirder and weirder. But like, geez, just looking at some of the cool things that happened down in that hatch. First off, the set design. Mm-hmm. Is ridiculously cool in the hatch. Like I love the way it looks. I love. That <laughs> I, I want to try that room. periscope like thing that he has. <laughs> yeah, that crazy like set of mirrors and whatnot. I, I know that if was that actually nuts. works. <laughs> that was pretty nutty. And Desmond's such a cool character too. Like I love me some Desmond. Mm-hmm. Desmond is great. And I do remember. Ugh, I remember one of my another one of my least favorite things that happened in this show was when they eventually killed off Charlie. Mm-hmm. Because it was the dumbest death I I think I've ever seen. That, One of the dumbest deaths. That was ever. the like, sinking ship. That was um. They were in this underwater thing, mm-hmm. and there was like a window the size of um, like a, a window about the size of a nice uh yeah a portal like the size of a nice dinner plate, and uh, it was this underwater base, and this underwater base is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it is a giant, massive like. Think like an entire just an entire floor of an office building, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. floor to ceiling, like big twelve foot tall ceilings or whatever, right? So this uh, Charlie's in this room and there's a little tiny porthole window, and somebody shoots the porthole window and it breaks and starts pouring water in. So Charlie, to save Desmond, closes the door to this tiny little room, which starts filling up with water and he's going to drown. But at least he's going to save Desmond. Mm Meanwhile, if he just left the door open and casually strolled out the room, <laughs> it would have taken days to fill that place with the amount of water that was pouring into the window. Days. It was the most ridiculous, pointless death I had ever seen until I saw Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> no, son, I got this. Yeah, but they'll. I don't care if they know I'm Superman. You'll be dead. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's fine. I'm going to go walk into this tornado. I'm now. just going to walk into this tornado. Don't even try to save me. Uh-huh. <laughs> God damn, that movie was dumb. But yeah, no, Lost went in so many stupid directions, and it, it's it's just heartbreaking because of how interesting things were. But, um, but like this episode shows you what this show was for like a good couple of seasons like like we were talking about before we started recording like the the imagery of all right of the the kid walt 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 yeah walt! that was some of the creepiest shit i remember seeing just this young african-american kid standing in the darkened woods dripping water and doing that like, yeah, that sends that shivers down my spine. 
and like you know we just saw what happened like was that did we see we didn't know what happened to him on the boat yet right that was the oh no that happened at the end that was another part of the season one finale was the others showing up on the boat they thought where they were rescued and it was you know big dude with the beard i was like we're gonna have to take the boy and then they blew up the boat uh gin was nobody knew where gin was sure sawyer was shot in the shoulder and uh they took walt and michael's in the water just screaming wild 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 (laughs) and uh that was like where we left that story so here we are on the island shannon one of the more useless characters on the show. Well, or she, ever she is or ever. She knows yeah, that she's useless. She of... actually makes mention of how useless she is on this show. Except it's a bald-faced lie. <laughs> she said watching that damn dog was the only thing anyone ever asked me to do. Except when they asked you repeatedly to translate the French woman's signal. <laughs> and then again, translate the French woman's writing. Like, they asked her to do shit in the show. Important things. <laughs> This dog is the only thing anyone's ever asked me to do. You know what, Shannon? I'm glad you got shot in the stomach. <laughs> oh, and the, the, the just the glorious comedy of Saeed. First off, I did not buy her and Saeed for a microsecond. That was one of the... Is that... Is that some, I can't remember. Did that become a thing? It did oh, yeah. become a thing, yeah. yeah. I, they eventually I, slept together, and he told her he loved her, and then she gets gut shot uh, by Adelicia. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> I look... Oh... Is out in the woods, gets gut shot by Anna Lucia. It's like, all right, well, I hate her, but <laughs> Shannon was pretty useless, and the look on Saeed's face of like, I'm gonna murder this bitch right now, worth it, was pretty pretty priceless. <laughs> I don't remember. Also, the flashbacks being as I don't, as emotionally engaging. Like there were some pretty heavy feels when. You know, the 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 woman starts wiggling her toes again. Like, I, yeah, it's pretty well done scene. I I like Matthew Fox a lot. I don't like Matthew him with Fox hair though. Great. It felt weird. Oh, that that crazy hair. <laughs> oh my god, that, that wig. Silly ass wig. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> that is some of the worst since like John Krasinski's wig on friggin' The Office. No, you know what that is. That is the birth of the Arrow flashback. There it is. That's what that that is. This whole show is the birth of the Arrow flashback. Oh, my God. You're right. This is so where they pulled the Arrow flashbacks from, but these were much better. (laughs) God, the Arrow flashbacks are terrible. Um, Now, okay, so we have a good, solid emotional beat, okay, with him and and all of the, the stuff with the wiggly toes and whatnot. And... Like that payoff was more payoff than him being supportive to the group. Like I, they want to show him like progressing as, as a leader that 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 you know thrust upon him role, and he's not really good at it. In well, I think you know, I think this is where I kind of have have an advantage is that that was kind of a, a it was a kind of a second one his first speech was better in season one where he gave the live together die alone speech okay and that was that was a really good speech and this was i mean jack was pretty well worn at this point okay you know All they right. had been back like, a whole bunch of crap went down between him and Locke, and uh really and you couldn't he, tell he lost boone yeah he lost oh that's right that was it was pretty fresh too he had just lost boone Okay. And he worked really hard to keep him. He was going to cut his leg off and stuff. Like, 
That was Wait, that which was one brutal. was Boone? Boone was uh, Ian Summerholder. Summerholder. He went on to be on the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. And uh, he was Shannon's half-brother who those two have banged each other. It was weird. What? And, uh, <laughs> okay. I don't think I want to know anymore. All in all, it, it I don't know if I would be able to forget. It was nice to, to, to catch up and, and check out what this show was when it was at its best. I don't think I could do a rewatch of this show knowing where it's going. I don't think I could. Yeah, you know what? I think really, I don't know how much further past season two I'm going to make it. Um, just that would because be it interesting to check in. Let us know how far you get. <laughs> I, I will. I'll, I'll let you know because I will say season one very thoroughly entertained me the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like I was really, really happy that I was rewatching it uh, in season one. Season two, like I said, you know, it started off so great. Like this was one of the most memorable season premieres I've ever seen. Uh, and it's, I just think it's such a well done episode, but uh, we'll have, we'll see where it goes from, from the end of season two on. Cause I don't have the highest of hopes. I mean, I know, I know where it eventually le- ends up and I know that I did not love the show anymore at the end of it. But I will also say that even though I did not love the show, I still really loved the experience of watching the show because this was every single week was just some sort of ridiculous event where friends and I would talk about what was happening in the show. And like, this was people must get together see and, TV. Like you, it was, you needed to be at your television to watch it. If you were watching it, you know, live, I, I watched this like via DVD box set because everybody was like, you haven't watched You got to watch lost, watch lost, 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 lost. And that was in the, back in the heyday of Hollywood video. And I'm like, eh, screw it. I, I get free rentals on it to end immediately got sucked in and then just kept up with it and then got disappointed with everybody else. Yeah. Like it's just so interesting. And then it just stops being so interesting. I'm trying to see where uh, like, I'm looking on the IMDB page and they're like, you know how they, if you look at the episode listings, there are imagery mm-hmm. here that I have, I got no recollection of whatsoever. <laughs> None. And like this flashy glass. I don't, I, I'm trying to figure out when it goes <laughs> bad and I feel like it's season four <laughs> when it starts to yeah. go. Actually, the, the beginning of season four, the episode one is the beginning of the end, which is just foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. I remember there was like some ridiculous time travel thing going on mm-hmm. for a while. Like there were all these time jumps. Yes. And, and, like, and the flashbacks their reactions got to them were kind of funny, too. Like the flashbacks got weird. And yeah, it's a shame. But like the first first three seasons, first two seasons are solid. I can't remember how solid season three is. But Me neither. I guess I'm about. We'll find I, out, I guess though. I'll find out. Yeah. Well, all right, Chris. Thank you so much for bringing us. It was a nice trip down memory lane. You're very welcome. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna we're gonna talk some news. So stay tuned. Remember that time Stanley did a cameo in a Marvel property that also featured Neil Patrick Harris, Kathy Griffin, Michael Dorn, Lisa Loeb, and Ian Ziering? You don't. In fact, you don't believe it exists, and you think I made it up. Well, I am awfully creative, but not even I could come up with casting that wacky. To find out how this appearance ranks against all the rest of Uncle Stan's bit parts, check out this month's Geek Aid Top 10 Stanley Cameos. 
Mario Tennis Aces is on its way to our Nintendo Switches next month. In honor of that, Matt and I decided to take a look back at the game's very first iteration. Released for Nintendo's ahead-of-its-time headache-inducing attempt at virtual reality, The Virtual Boy. While this franchise's success might be puzzling to some, the music is actually quite catchy. Tune in for all the great tunes from the reddest game of tennis there is on the Waveback Podcast, Episode 57, Mario's Tennis. Deadpool is back in theaters this month and, as shown in the trailers, is putting together a super-duper fucking group. For this month's Welcome to the D-List, Jonathan chose to focus on a member of the X-Force who is underrepresented in the comics. How did he fare on the page? What will happen to him on the screen? Will this appearance renew the interest in a mutant with a decidedly gross power? Read all about it in Welcome to the D-List, Zeitgeist. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at GeekAid.com. Hey, Karen. Hi, Evan. Uh, You said that you're taking this week's 60-second summary? Indeed, I am. And surprise us all, what are you surmising in 60 seconds? (laughs) I'd like to just take one minute to talk about the royal wedding. All right, so in 60 seconds, I will ant you, okay? I am going to cut you off. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Okay, whenever you are ready. All right, ready and go. So I watched the royal wedding with two pals of mine. Uh, We did, in fact, get up at, uh, oh my God, o'clock in the morning. Uh, We watched the BBC live streaming coverage, which was nice. There were no commercial interruptions. Uh, There was lots of um, pomp and circumstance and spectacle. Because the bride is an American television actress, there were um, more celebrities at a royal wedding than you might expect. Uh, There was a lot of cast members from uh, the show that she was on, Suits, including one Evan actually will care about. Gina Torres was there from Firefly fame, and she looked fantastic. Uh, George Clooney and his wife were there. Oprah was there, and it was just a really beautiful wedding. There was a lot of meaning to it. There was like, uh, you know, as much of his personality and her personality both joined together. Um, There was this American uh, Episcopalian bishop that just went on this beautiful speech. And I highly recommend looking up clips and highlights. And that's all the time I have. (laughs) Very good, Karen. Uh, See, I only took a minute. And I appreciate that. How long was the coverage out of curiosity? It was three hours. I'm pretty sure it's still on. (laughs) Shut up! I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't spend all day looking at fashion websites of, you know, people's outfits, but but the actual wedding is over. <laughs> all right, Karen. Very good. Thank you so much. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials and the 60-second summary. Let's talk some news. Uh, first up from tvbythenumbers.zaptoit.com. That's a hell of a website. I don't know. Agent of Shield is cu- Agents of Shield is coming back to ABC, but not qu- for quite a while. So it turns out that Agents of Shield has been renewed, uh, which we said I think last show for the thirteen episodes, but it's not slated f- till two thousand nineteen. So like winter fall or summer fall. of next year. So that's that's a long wait. But mm-hmm. in the it's, article, it makes sense because that's sort of around the time the next Avengers movie is going to come out, and then they don't really have to worry about people vanishing. Yeah, whatever whatever they're 
resolution is going to be is we're going to know what it is. So I, I feel it's going to be like a do-over. Like comics are infamous for do-overs. But, and they, who is it? The, the, I don't know who's Dungy. <laughs> President of ABC. There you go. Doesn't feel like season five or season six will be the last, maybe. Um, which is also possibly good news as long as they they keep up because apparently season five has been very good um a a quote i feel that like season five was creatively their strongest yet so that means i have to catch up on season five i guess (laughs) and maybe season four but i think you i think you have some time yeah you have until next summer to figure it out i do i do um i'm going to tie two articles together that are, that are in different spots. Um, I just want to say about S.H.I.E.L.D., though, that uh, I think this is a good move for them. Uh, it it feels like a summer show. It does. So I think that this, it, despite not wanting to wait, like, literally 12 months for my show to come back, I think it's it's a good placement in this, in the season or in the year for it. And and it'll also give it some space if or how it's going to tie to the the MCU proper. So we'll see what they do. Um, okay, so the next couple of stories I'm going to you know, tie together um, mm-hmm. from Variety dot com. Uh, apparently, they're going to do some changes with Roseanne this coming season. They're going <laughs> to move away from the political stuff. I, I didn't watch a single episode of this show. Either yeah, of you? me neither. No. no, but I know that they were trying to be sort of provocative with the characters' political beliefs aligning with the actresses' political beliefs, mm-hmm. which are the opposite of those of us on this show. So okay, so yeah, that's kind of where I wound up with with the watching this new Roseanne. Is a I didn't realize that she was a quite so supportive, supportive. <laughs> and uh, I, I do feel that that is not necessarily where I would imagine her character on the show to be. Uh, so, you know, I decided to give it a, a hard pass, even though I was pretty jazzed for it to begin with. Right, yeah, we all of us were pretty jazzed about it. And then I think it was Karen brought it to my attention, who her, her leanings. And I was like, now I just have no interest in watching it at all. So... Um, so it sounds like that there's been enough backlash against that that they're like, well, maybe we'll just, you know, try and make this uh, the show it used to be. Yeah. Good luck. I saw some clips, like a preview clip of an episode where she was scared of her Muslim neighbors or something like that. And it was so uncomfortable. It was just so putrid. I, I was like, this is this is not funny. This It's a shame. Uh, it really is a shame. And I feel that the next article that I'm going to talk about, which is later on in our stream, the, the um, Whitney Cummings news article, she, she was one of the showrunners, if I'm not mistaken, for the show, and she's stepping down for the... Mm-hmm. So, like, <clears throat> as I remember her, she's a, she, she was a stand-up comedian, if she is not still a stand-up comedian. That she is, she was the antithesis of that. Like, I 
can't foresee her doing well in that environment. They are saying that she has a lot of things, a lot of irons in the fire, if you will, and she probably won't be able to keep up with the schedule kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I want to I want to believe that she's like, no, nah, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not good with this. So I'm just going to graciously step away. Well, somewhere in here, it says she does say, oh, that uh, on the podcast that's uh, run by the guys who wrote this article, um, Cummings said that she wanted to find a way to work on a show where she could be supportive of uh, of Trump supporters. So I guess with the decision for from the network to kind of move away from that, that she was like, well, that's what I wanted to do. And if I don't get to do that, I'm going to peace out. Yeah. So I don't know. (sighs) This shit used to be entertaining. All right. Next, uh, let's let's talk about some fun stuff that could possibly go horribly wrong Um, from from Entertainment Weekly. The next CW superhero crossover will introduce Batwoman. I'm okay with that as long as they do it correctly because that character is is a very full character. Lots of backstory behind that character and I hope they do it right, not just throw a woman in a cowl to get the name Bat in there somewhere. Um, Batwoman. I had no idea there is a Batwoman. Yeah, there's a Batwoman and a Batgirl. Batwoman is a Jewish lesbian in the comics. Um, she's a very hard edge. She's a rough character. Um, I'm interested in how they are going to present her in this universe. Uh, to be fair, the CW shows for their all their faults, uh, they don't really have a a track record of really misrepresenting characters. You know and, what I mean? And that's absolutely true. And I'm I'm I, I'm hoping that they continue with that. Yeah, I I have faith that they'll they'll pull the, they they won't do the character a disservice. Like I don't think they just. It's they don't need to just introduce a bat character for the hell of it, you know. They're mm-hmm. not hurting. No, they aren't, but they've they I don't even know how long ago they were teasing about Gotham. And Yeah, I know they they wanted to do some sort of Gotham crossover. So like cuz I mean, you know, who wouldn't? It's Absolutely. Make Batman, it makes you know? sense, but it's very difficult for them to do that properly because they can't use Batman. <laughs> yeah. So that that's my worry is that they're I don't I hope they're just not shoehorning a bad character into the story to, to for the sake of doing it. You know what I mean? Nah, I don't think so. I think I mean just think about how how much LGBTQ stuff they've done in this show in this universe. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure there's a story. I I'm sure they're doing it because they have a story to tell. Here's mm-hmm. hoping. I, 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 I do have high hopes for it. I did learn from this article that it, apparently the the future newspaper and the Flash mm-hmm. yeah. uh, ha- had a story about from 2024 about Wayne Tech merging with Queen Industries. Oh, really? Yeah, I never <laughs> I never picked up on that. Yeah, that 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 was a neat little tidbit, little one of those little Easter eggs that you see in the background. 
right. Uh, also from Entertainment Weekly, MTV suspends Catfish production as new ho- uh, as host Nev Shulman is investigated for sexual misconduct. When I read this, I was stunned that this was a possibility. Um, I don't know what show this is, and I've never heard of this person. Cat, you don't know Catfish? Did you not see the, the documentary oh so long ago about the guy wandering around the country looking for Facebook catfishers? I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. So this is, this guy, wow, this is what like is a, a Facebook catfisher? Okay, so... <laughs> Nev- God, thank God you've never been fallen victim to one and yeah. you don't even know what it is. Nev Shulman did a documentary called Catfish. <laughs> Gotta be a decade ago. Um, about people who build internet relationships and misrepresent themselves grossly. <laughs> okay? Like, you know, a guy says he's a girl or a woman says she's better looking or you know making false accounts and all that stuff and he actually went around and for lack of a better term confronted them um that was what the show was that the show came from the documentary that it i feel like it was him like he got catfished or something (laughs) the show's been on for a while and it was really interesting what made me surprised about this is i've seen all the stuff with him and his wife and yeah, their baby he's been in the last year or two he's been really in the public eye and like mommy circles yeah because he he is a, a high proponent for parental leave yeah parental leave and you know better better health care for for women for mm-hmm. mothers Stuff so, like that. So to hear that this this claim, it was very surprising to me. Um, they are all allegations, so nothing has been confirmed. Uh, he is denying it, of course. Um, I guess we will see what happens. Do you know? Do you understand the whole catfish theory, Chris? I do. Okay, and I want to move on from that because it's important that you know that you're, you're <laughs> you spend a lot of time on the internet. <laughs> um, Karen, you posted up this next one, and I'm, I'm not sure why. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm sure it's because you're a fan of the Hard Knocks television show on HBO. Is that I've it? Never, I've never seen Hard Knocks. Okay. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are to be featured on HBO's Hard Knocks. Go ahead, Karen. (laughs) Okay, so Hard Docs is a uh, documentary series on HBO that follows a uh, football team during its, like, training camp and preseason. And uh, you don't have to have seen this show or to really know or care about football to know that the Cleveland Browns are the fucking worst. And I say that with love because... They've been my they they've they've been in my life for a long long time even though I'm not a fan of the team. So like it's just hilarious to me that they picked the worst possible team in the universe to decide to follow around and I guess figure out what the fuck is going wrong out there in Cleveland. I, I wanted to go back as I read this article. I wanted to go back and read and count how many times it is stated that we're on a promising run. Like it, it's what we're going getting into is promising. I'm like, okay. 
yeah, was it promising last season or the season that. before that or the season before that? No? Okay. Uh, it's an interesting take. It seems like like a reality television show about preseason or not even preseason. Like it's the, it's how the team gets decided on what the team is. Yeah. So the training camp the training and who camp, gets so. cut and blah, blah, blah. Might be interesting. I probably going to be honest, will not watch this. But it's interesting for those sports people got, out there. I got nothing nothing but love for you, Cleveland. But, oh, my God, this is just a hilarious choice to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up from SuperheroHype.com. Chris, you, 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 you posted this one up, and I am ridiculously curious on how you feel about this. Thundercats Roar series coming from WB Animation. How do you feel? Hmm. Be honest, because I'm not going to sugarcoat. So, no, sir, I don't like it. All right, okay. and but probably not for the reasons that uh, the internet kind of exploded about. I, I didn't. Really Why did have it a, explode? Uh, kind of the how dare they? You know, they're destroying my childhood. How dare they? Blah 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 blah. To which the response was, there was a really good Thundercats show, I think in like 2011, mm-hmm. uh, that was exactly what it should have been, like like the new Voltron show, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's a, a well-written, intelligent take on this, this crazy 80s toy-selling property, uh, and nobody watched it. Yep. It got canceled super quick because nobody watched it. So now they're doing something totally different with the property, and they're making it all goofy and stuff, and... I'm fine with that. The Thundercats are absurd. Like, mm-hmm. that's a ridiculous... Like, he looks through the eyes on the, the little hilt of his sword. Like, it's silly. And I think it lends itself very well to it. But I hate this art style. Yes. It's the reason I couldn't watch Steven Universe. I know it's apparently Steven Universe was a really good cartoon. I could not get past the look of it. I think it is grotesque. I just... I don't get this art style at all. I think it looks awful. I am not a big fan of reimagining something. This is completely different than what Thundercats was for me for growing up. So if you're going to do something completely different, why use the name Thundercats? Just come up with something. Use the, 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 the same jokes and the same art style. Do whatever. Why are you, you're, you're, you're the, the creator who in there's a video attached to it mm-hmm. who I wanted to punch in the face just because he had a man bun. <laughs> He's like, I was a fan growing up. And to that point, you just made something that you were not a fan of. This is not what it was. So I'm okay with shows like this being out there, like the Stevens universe or whatever. That is it. Go do something new. Well, see, the thing about that is is that if he was a fan, clearly he saw something in it that lent itself to this kind of this this kind of uh interpretation of it, you know? Like like I said, there is an inherent goofiness to the Thundercats. I mean they're Did you action- think it was goofy when you were a kid? I didn't really get into Thundercats much when I was a kid. Did you ever think it was goofy? The presentation of that show being goofy. Not intentionally so, no. Okay. All right. I remember going back and watching it when it was being aired on Cartoon Network, um, geez, like 15 years ago or something like that, and thinking to myself, 
wow, this is really bad. Uh, and that's the thing. Like it's, it is, it was being presented as a serious action show back then. And I get that, but it's like, it's kind of like the teen Titans go thing. And I'm of, I'm of two minds of teen Titans go that, that show is not for me. Mm hmm. Um, but I don't necessarily begrudge its existence because I didn't really get into Teen Titans to begin with. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, taking that and making it a little bit goofier, whatever. It's it's for kids, you know. It's not for it's not for me. And if if that Thundercats show in 2011 didn't happen and this was their first attempt at recreating the Thundercats, I might feel a little bit of a little bit differently, but. It's an it's an interesting property with interesting characters. And the other thing about Steven Universe is that it wasn't just all goofy all the time. Like apparently it told some pretty good stories. Maybe this show will too. See, I don't know. But like that's that's a very valid point that you just make that it was an interesting property with interesting characters. And it was. These characters that they show in this vignette are are not those characters. They they have the name and they have the basic appearance but they it's not the same character well based on this small trailer vignette thing like i don't want to like you know immediately jump to its defense because i i, I could be wrong but this i'm gonna have could to keep be the an way eye out. we're gonna watch yeah i mean I, i'm one. <laughs> curious to hear what folks think about this but i don't really have any connection to these characters so i don't i don't know the difference other than like everyone in the old show was was generic 80s hero and i don't know man i i I don't necessarily have a problem with the theory behind it i don't mind reimaginings uh of old properties like this because uh a lot of time the source material is just not any good like it's not as good as we remember i love voltron i love voltron with every fiber of my being but i can't watch the original show anymore it's terrible it's it's objectively awful there's cool things that happen in it but it's garbage and it's the same way with thundercats like the original show was just it was a big toy commercial Mm -hmm. they made these characters look cool so they could sell toys like you know transformers i think works a little bit better than than a lot of the other shows because i think it had probably the best storytelling like I can tolerate old Transformers and many times even enjoy Gen 1 Transformers, but Thundercats, Voltron, He-Man, the old shows, just they just don't hold up. And I think it's because a lot of this stuff is inherently goofy. It's, <laughs> right. I mean, just look at Lion-O. Look at Lion-O. How the hell do you take that character seriously? <laughs> he is silly looking. <laughs> Growing up, one of the bad, most badass characters out there. Absolutely. Absolutely, like I no couldn't kid agree more. See, no child I, of today, when looking at this Stevens Universe S character, will ever be able to say that seriously. Unless the show portrays him differently, we don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, we don't know. This right. show could be anything. I think it's ugly as sin, and I'm not going to watch it because oh, I'm. Not oh, we're going to watch it. Ah, <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch! Yeah, we are. <laughs> Yeah, we are. And we're probably going to watch the, the next one, too, because I'm curious. I do think that the internet overreacted to an absurd degree on this one. And I because I, I've I saw some of the the reboot of um the, the really cool reboot of mm-hmm. Thundercats. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty great. I didn't watch more of it because right. 
I it was only on Cartoon Network, and I think I didn't have a DVR at the time or something. But you know, this is also kind of uh, kind of symptomatic of like the 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 audience for that show is 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 different. You know, like they're not aiming for the same audience that would watch a show like the reboot of Thundercats from 2011. And I apologize for getting that year wrong, but nobody watched that show and. It was just on in a weird, I think it was just on in a weird time in human existence. You know, I don't think it was, you know, if that, that kind of Thundercats showed up on Netflix right now, I'm sure it would do really well for itself, mm-hmm. but it probably Netflix would. didn't exist at that point. So here we are. And the people who own the property think that there's something to be done here and maybe they're wrong. I mean, who knows? Maybe that, that new Ninja Turtles show could be good. I don't know. I'm not watching it. I'm not touching it with a 50-foot pole. Because, man, if you think this Thundercats looks bad, I think Ninja Turtles looks putrid. But I have to write whatever. these titles down in the shows that I have to make you watch. <laughs> but, you know, that that's the thing. I love Ninja Turtles, and it's not like I'm, I'm hurting for good Ninja Turtles things out there. I've had the great Ninja Turtle stuff for years, including the current comic, which is still great. So, you know what? Whatever. See, that, that's the thing about shows like this. They don't affect my opinion of the previous iterations. I will never say this has ruined my childhood because no other things ruined yeah, my childhood. I can still go back and watch the, the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie. I don't care that the Michael Bay didn't rape my childhood by making those crappy Ninja Turtles movies. They, I just don't understand why... It's like it. It's as if what is it called when, um, like that emotional mental attachment, um, nostalgia. Yes, it's like they're 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 preying on nostalgia for a completely different audience with a completely different product, and I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't think they're really going for the nostalgia vote here. Then I think why they're... call it thunder? Why do Thundercats? <laughs> Because they like Thundercats and because they think like it's the same reason that they did a new Voltron on like they they're not just selling that Voltron to me like people who liked the original Voltron. They're trying to introduce a a new audience to these new interpretations of those characters. And the new Voltron is not faithful to the original Voltron. Okay, there's a difference between not being faithful and being 110 percent different. I, I guess I don't have enough uh, familiarity with the source just material visually. to just say, oh, visually. Yo, well, yes, <laughs> visually, yes, it's, it's completely different. But if the characters have the same personalities, I, I we'll don't see. know. We'll see. We'll see. Let's, let's talk about the next one that's on the list. She-Ra gets a makeover. A first look at the new Netflix series and meet the cast. Karen, you posted this one up, correct? No? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see this. The unfortunate part is there was a cast photo there, and I knew none of them. <laughs> I wish there was someone in that picture I could go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I think it's very interesting that they're redoing She-Ra, because She-Ra and He-Man back in the day, kind of silly. Um to now like looking at it looking back at it um i'm really curious to see what they do with this me too i was this i dressed up as uh princess adora (laughs) when i was six i want to say nice uh and i had the glitter sword and everything it was amazing i was really happy about it that's that's Uh, it's it's in conjunction with dreamworks too which is good i like that 
them, them, them's the folks behind the Voltron reboot, which has been spectacular. So I'm 100%, 110% on board with this. What well, has Sandra O oh in the voice cast? Yeah, but I don't have to see her. Who's? Oh wait, is Sandra? Oh, that the, she was in the, Killing Eve. That yeah, we the woman I have an week. irrational uh, hatred of. She's, but a, she's not in ago. that cast photo. Okay, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that if I, I'm pretty sure if she's just voice acting, it won't be a problem. Oh yeah, I see that. My photo was it's just a bunch of kids to load, but yeah, it looks like a bunch of kids. I mean, I say. we're getting old. No, it's, that, it's, no, it's fine. It's, it's just that be a bunch of young kids. I just didn't recognize anybody, and like it was, it's all voice acting, so I couldn't attach a voice to any of the characters because I too did watch Shira. I enjoyed it. I liked looking that. You remember, remember the little dude that they would hide in every episode, and at the end of the yes. episode, they would say, "Hey, look, there he is." I used to watch for that guy. I liked that guy. <laughs> I've never seen Shira, but I, um, my sister had the action figures. <laughs> I will say in this cast photo, the all the way to the right is uh, Vela Lavelle, who is a character on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and she's great. So. Oh, wow. I see her. Oh, I didn't pick that out. Smaller. She's melting in very well with that young cast. Mm. Well, I am curious, and it's a Netflix joint, so we're going to get the whole season, and it's DreamWorks, so I have I have the utmost faith in this. You see? I like the art on this poster. The poster's great. It is very Star Warsian. They, you know, makes me want to get one of those swords. <laughs> Go run around the yard with my kids. Uh, all right, let's talk some wrestling. Wrestling. Um, apparently, WWE is leaving USA, or at least partially leaving USA. Are both of the Raw and SmackDown on USA? I don't know. What? <laughs> Wrestling fans, please let us know. Yeah, really, we know you're out there, and that's why I put this in the feed. I'll ask, <laughs> but we I'll don't ask know Dan what the hell we're talking about. Uh, SmackDown is moving to Fox. So apparently Fox had to make a lot of room for the WWE, so that's why they canceled all of the shows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Raw was also on USA. Okay. But is Raw still on USA? I don't know. I, it's really not important to me. It's important to someone, and that's good. Um, so yeah, it's just getting a new home. It may get a new date. We're not sh- a new day because it was always on Tuesdays. I remember that. Um, so yeah, if you're a WWE fan, gonna get your SmackDown over on Fox now. Keep an eye out for that. The move seems to be part of a larger, like, kind of rebranding of Fox and what they're trying to do. Okay. <laughs> and so, like, SmackDown is going to be one of their, like, weekly tentpole attractions to their network. And the show averaged 2 point, let's say 2.6 million viewers. I don't even know what that number means anymore. Ugh. Nobody does. Yeah, it's a shame. Used to mean it's something. Just, Doesn't mean anything. I'd be interested to see really what this means to me is I want to know what Fox is going to look like. It's it's going to look completely different in the coming years. And yeah, it seems that way. I don't. Seems that not way. Not that I was a huge Fox fan to begin with, but <laughs> it seems like I'm not going to be a Fox watcher at all. <laughs> at all. 
All right, over at Deadline, um, Lena Waithe to be honored with MTV Movie and TV Trailblazer Award. I have no idea who this woman is. Karen? Uh, did you watch any of Master of None? I m- on watched Netflix. the one episode that you made us watch, and I did not like it. Right. Uh, that's where I know her from. Okay. She's also... Actress? Um, actress okay. and writer. Okay. Um, she's also... Uh, she's in Ready Player One. Oh. oh. And she's writing and producing a comedy pilot for TBS. Okay. Uh, there's a quote in here. Lena is shaking up Hollywood and breaking cultural boundaries through her innovative and authentic storytelling. So she got an award that she deserved. Good for her. Ah, it's an MTV award, though. Is it going to be one of those popcorn ball things? Because that's just sort of nuts. I think that is the, the, that's what the award is at the MTV Movie Awards. I just, it just seems so <laughs> classless. <laughs> it should be nice and like glass and pretty. Well, um, I just think this is cool because the Trailblazer Award is going to uh, a, a woman, a person of color, and a member of the LGBTQI uh, community. So um, it's it's nice to see not only just represent representation, but people being recognized for and awarded for telling those kinds of stories. So I think that's pretty cool. That is cool. That's very cool. Um over at IndieWire.com, we find out that Preacher is getting a season three, and we get a teaser. Um, seeing this article reminded me that I have not watched any of Preacher, <laughs> and I was actually interested in it. <laughs> yeah, I knew you guys were both into the comic. That's why I threw this up in there. I'm, sh- I'm kind of shocked that I missed it. Because, um, I mean, this this little teaser, like with no dialogue in it whatsoever meant nothing to me, but it looked pretty cool. And I was wondering if either of you recognized anything in it from the comic. Well, preacher smoking. Well, that that's <laughs> there. It's the, the imagery is recognizable. Like it is like that they're, they're, they're pulling from the comic, which is, which is cool. Jeez, where, where are they in this? Um, I'm trying to remember where I left off in the books because I don't think I ever finished it. It was a long time ago for me, so I don't. Was, I, I have no. I can't have point of reference it's anymore. Angelville. Yeah. I don't know if that rings a bell for you. No, I don't think I got here yet. Though I kind of feel like I recognize that fat guy. <laughs> Are you confusing it with the fat guy from Legion? Or yeah, Legion. No, definitely okay. not Farouk. Okay, that's the one it looks cool i'm gonna have to catch up on it because i was interested and i don't know how it fell off my radar because i liked i liked preacher as a comic and apparently if it's getting a season three i'll probably like it as a show too um speaking of season three renewals the marvel the marvelous miss menzel is renewed for season three ahead what's that Maisel, right? Maisel? It is Maisel. Maisel? Okay, the Marvel <laughs> the Marvel <laughs> Men's Menzel Washington. Marvelous I that person Marvelous Menzel Washington. That's it. <laughs> um The show's getting a season three renewal before season two has premiered. Apparently because it got a bunch of awards. 
So that's a Peabody Award. That's you know, that's that's a serious award. Okay. That's not like an Emmy. That's like that journalists, serious journalists get Peabodys. So ooh, well, that's some serious jobs. Good for Mizell. I've never seen it. I haven't. It's on my list. My mom wants me to watch it, um, which sounds like a dig at it, but it's not. My mom usually knows what I will like, and she's usually not wrong. That's um, good. So. I mean, I'd like to watch it. I like Gilmore Girls. Why? Because yes. it's Paladino? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I saw some trailers for it a while ago and she's a stand-up comedian yes in like the 40s or something like that interesting interesting premise i'll check it out i will check it out and finally (laughs) the news we've all been waiting for crocs are bad i mean mario batali is now under criminal investigation by the NYPD for sexual assault allegations. Yay! Um, <laughs> B and B H G. I that's that's the co- like that's the companies he's did he was is did he is he responsible for starting those? <laughs> I think so. I I, I it's don't know. His, it's, it's his, his hospitality, hospitality group. group. Um, yeah, they severed all ties with him. Um. So, I've always considered just watching him to be a sexual assault. So Yeah, he is horrible. He is a horrible, horrible human being. These allegations that are posted in here are horrible. Um, there, where was that? Da, 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 da. I'm trying to... I, I, I vehemently deny the allegations that I sexually assaulted this woman. My past behavior has been deeply inappropriate, and I am sincerely remorseful for my actions. Sure. I am not attempting a professional comeback. My only focus is finding a personal path forward, a path where I can continue my charitable endeavors, helping the underprivileged and those in need. And here's a cinnamon roll recipe. Uh, and that's, Fuck off, Batali. That sounds like such a prepared statement. Unbelievable. He, I never liked this guy, ever. And I... I mean, it was like 90% because of the Crocs, <laughs> but like 10% of it was like, he is just a creepy looking and creepy, like he oozes creepiness. I don't like him. I'm okay with him going away. Yeah. Go away. Who's replacing him on, what's that show? The, on The Chew? The Chew. Who's replacing him? I don't know. Ask somebody who can be home during the daytime. A chair. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> a chair with a cinnamon roll on it. God, what an it. annoyance. All right. That sounds really delightful. I mean, <laughs> I would watch that show. <laughs> I, I would like a chair with a cinnamon roll on it. I mean, that's, I mean, I'd, I'd like to know the cinnamon rolls there so I don't accidentally sit on it. But uh, really, that's, 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 that's delightful. All right. Chris. Hey, how you doing? Let's wrap this up. You got a spiel uh, for me? Sure. I'm going to try, I'm going to try go scriptless again. You can get in touch with us at com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with the both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Uh, you can find us on Instagram uh, at Geekade. The undersc- <laughs> isn't it the underscore Geekade? Oh, it's the underscore. No, uh, no Instagram, Instagram is, is Geekade. Geekade. Okay. Um, 
uh, the Geekade Instagram page, and then on Twitter, we're at the underscore Geekade, or you can find us individually on Twitter, uh, if you so choose. Miss Karen, where in the world can people find you? Uh, shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, uh, where I'm... can the people find you on the Twitters? <laughs> Geekade underscore Evan. And you? <laughs> and me? Oh, you could find me at uh, Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. And the uh, show specifically is at Twepcast. That is correct. It is at Twepcast. See, this is so much more fun when it's interactive, isn't it? We're all having fun here. I'm playing, I'm playing Mega Man. It's great. It's, it's, I was it's, about to rat you out for playing Mega Man, but you just owned it. Yeah, no, no. I totally, I'm playing Mega Man The Wily Wars for Sega Genesis because I, I, I don't know. I gotta, yes, but, but, but what should people do? How, where can they find this and any other podcasts? Oh, on geekate.com uh, for all of all of your podcasting needs and all sorts of other fresh original content uh, where we try to post something new every day. And uh, usually we don't do it on the weekend. So I got to come up with something better to say. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You know, I've said the same thing in a row for like a hundred episodes, and I should really just re- I should really just write a new script. I'm gonna just this. like cut out last week's, <laughs> just paste it in here. Um, thanks, announcer guy. Thank. Uh, it's my turn, right? Yes. All right, so Karen, I'm, I'm throwing you a curveball here. Uh, you're throwing me a curveball. I am. I'm oh. gonna make us watch a British show. <laughs> <laughs> that is a curveball. <laughs> we are going to watch Misfits, season one, episode one. Uh, they just went by episode one. This is my, f- like, the first time I actually remember purposefully watching a British show. <laughs> <laughs> so check that out. Uh, that's your homework. Misfits, season one, episode one. It's the pilot, episode one. So. So you could just come on back and listen to us ramble about it next week. So that's it. That's all I got. Thank you so much for paying attention. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Walt! Walt! Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.